3: The
4: long clip of Trump yesterday talking uh, about the NRA and mental health. He said some really interesting things that are uh, complicated. I want to play some clips of some of the governors, uh,
2: some of whom deserve a kicking. There's nothing I enjoy better than kicking a governor. Mm.
4: I do quite a bit of it. Interesting. Um, we had Laura Logan on the show a while back and decided, you know, we need to have her more often. And with the ugliness in Syria going on, we thought it's time to talk to her again.
2: Well, please welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Laura Logan, correspondent for 60 Minutes, and uh, one of the great foreign correspondents around, in our opinion. Laura, welcome. How are you?
0: Hey, I'm good, thank you.
2: How are you doing? Oh, we're terrific. It's always fun to talk. Hey, if if you don't mind, a semi-personal question. Yes. Um, As you you spend your career surveying this sort of stuff, do you ever feel like your soul is just getting bruised? Because it's really heavy.
0: No, actually, I I tell you what, I don't. The part that bruises my soul is the politics. Mm. That's the part that just kills you.
2: Yeah, okay, fair enough. Because sometimes I just find it so... Well, depressing is the wrong word. It's it's more than that. It's just so discouraging. Sometimes I feel like I'm being weighed down.
0: Well, I know what you mean, but I think that's partly because, you know, when you're at a distance and all you get is... um, you know you're only getting one side of it that oh my God, there's more tragedy coming out of Syria, but when you're on the ground there, you know you get to experience the best and worst of humanity, and you're part of something that really matters. You know how often remember what Band of Brothers was about as hot as it was in those trenches when many of those guys came home, they didn't know who they were right. outside of the trenches, right and in in some ways it's a little bit like that because you're when you're there, you're able to do something about it, you feel like your country in some way, and you also get to see the best and the worst of humanity there, and so, I mean, for me, I've always considered it, I mean, such a privilege, I call it the selfish job on earth, because I get to skip the dry cleaners, and the bank, and homework, and all that stuff, right, and I go straight to life and death, and all the things that matter, living this, you know, noble venture, where we're all doing our best, and we're part of something, and it, and it means something, and, you know, you hear people say all the time, oh, people are the same all over the world. Well, I'm not always sure that that's true, but I do think one consistent thing that I find is that everywhere I go, people want their life to mean something. So how lucky, you know, am I in a way that I get to go over there and do this work? And, yes, it's hard, but my life means something. And um, and I and I. So I, when you're at a distance, things look more dangerous. They look more difficult. They look incomprehensible. But when you're there, it doesn't mean you can solve everything. It just means that um, you can do something. You can at least do your part, and uh, and that helps me not feel depressed. Well, beautifully and I said. Also, I just process it head on. If I'm sad or moved by something or pained, you know, I cry. I mean, I I don't I don't try to pretend to be something that I'm not. I'm human, and I and I kind of. I don't know, I've survived by sort of embracing that. I give my all, though. They get all of me. They get my heart, my soul, you know, my time, my attention. And so, you know, when I when I get on the plane and go home, I got nothing left, you know? Yeah. I know that I gave everything I could.
2: That is uh, beautifully said. And on that note, it would be difficult to imagine a more complicated and, uh, and dangerous situation than the current uh, situation in Syria slash Iraq.
0: Well, you know... <laughs> There's much smarter people than me said a long time ago at the beginning of this war. Um, all our good options are gone. The only ones left are bad options. And fast forward, I don't know how many years later, seven, and it's now. You know, we have more bad options than we did before. It's when you let when you it's you know you want to talk about dereliction of duty. When there's dereliction of duty and you allow things to get as messy as they are. Um, then, of course, you end up with a situation like this. I just can't understand. You know, I get asked a lot of times about the refugee situation. And um, people said to me, you know, well, we're arguing about how many people should be let in and how many shouldn't. And I always say to them, w- why are you asking me to put a band on a gunshot wound? You're not going to fix your refugee problem in Europe or anywhere else unless you fix the problem at its source. Right? Unless you deal with that. And I love how we're always so quick to say, oh, the military have failed, which is, you know, fine. I'm not saying the military shouldn't take responsibility for their part in this. But do we not forget? We not remember that the military work for the commander in chief, that the politicians are the ones who make these decisions. Why don't you hold your political leaders to account when they're still in office? Not after they've gone. We want to have all these conversations after they're gone. Oh, you know, we, you know, we should have done this or we should have done that. Or why did, you know, what about when they're in power and they can still do something about it?
2: So are you hinting then that we should have taken swift and decisive action in Syria a long time ago, interjected ourselves in some way?
0: You know, I want to be very clear here. I mean, I'm not a policy person, and I'm not a military commander, so I don't make those decisions, right? But what I can tell you is that it didn't take a brain surgeon to work out where the situation in Syria was going. Um, And the, the degree of suffering in Syria, to me, is striking. I mean, I know that people suffer in every war, and I've seen that, you know, firsthand but uh, these people have been brutalized on every side it's not very often as a foreign correspondent that you're having difficulty going to cover a war because you've got bad guys in every direction right there's no there's no zone uh, there for you where you can have a reasonable expectation of making it out alive that's syria so what does that that tells you everything that as a journalist that you need to know about this situation and look at the, the um what you're talking about here generations of syrian kids and families who are uh, who have not just been you know uh, have suffered an in incredible danger and constant bombardment and a total disregard for civilian life but they've been tortured by people on all sides and oh yes add to that betrayal you know because quite frankly they've been betrayed by the international community right who that has pretty much stood by while their uh, suffering has gone beyond the pale so and all you want to hear um, in the u.s is you know, well, people are tired of war. Well, a war then, is that your only, is that your only answer to everything? I mean, if, if all these other, you know, means of resolving conflicts, like, you know, political and diplomatic solutions, if those are your go-to position, if you're saying, well, we don't believe in war, you know, we want to extricate America from war, and, and we think that there's a better way of dealing with this. So let's see it then, right?
4: Well, you've been around a lot of these people in these awful situations. Do they pay much attention to what the U.N. says?
0: People pay a lot of attention to what happens in the other parts of the world. You know, America, the U.S. is unique in a sense, that here, you know, life is pretty much going to go on regardless of what's happening elsewhere. The rest of the world is not so big. I mean, it's sometimes, in some ways, it's just a function of geography. The rest of the world has borders. If you live in a European country, I mean, you can pass through three countries just driving to a fourth country for a summer weekend, Right. I mean, you're not doing that in the U.S. You can I think you can drive from my part of Texas for two days straight just to reach the Mexican border. Right. You know, so um, sometimes it's just a function of of geography in that sense. Um, When you live overseas, you know, you have a much uh, a much more acute sense of your place and position in the world because you're much more impacted by it. Um, And then on top of that, you know, um, countries interfere in other countries. I don't know. We seem to think today that it's only Russia that interferes in America's affairs, and outside of that, you know, this is a unique situation. That's just not reality, right? Countries do interfere in other countries' affairs, and um, neighbors care about what their neighbors are doing. I mean, there's regional um, interests, there's uh, broader strategic interests, there's, you know, there's all kinds of things to be gained by having influence and and, and control over uh, your neighbors. And so you see that a lot. So do people think, oh, the U.N. is coming to save us? No. Um, are people bitter about the role of the U.N.? Yes. I mean, in some of these countries, the U.N. is the only chance they have, you know. So um, it's not so much that they live on and hang on every word that the U.N. comes up with as what are your options?
4: We're talking with Laura Logan, one of the world's best foreign correspondents. You know, I'm, I'm distracted by Joe's opening question, and your answer. It is, it is amazing to me Ah uh, man, you should teach some classes or something like that. I mean, you you've come up against man's worst impulses. I, I doubt you have any uh, illusions left whatsoever about how evil people can be or duplicitous or whatever. Yet you still have a positive attitude about it. It's just amazing to me.
0: Well, because, um, I believe in the, in the goodness of people. I mean, I believe in what we're supposed to do as journalists, not what we end up doing half the time, but what we can do when we're at our best. Because I've seen that. I mean, if, if Nelson Mandela hadn't believed in that, would he have survived 27 years in jail? Not to say that I'm not comparing myself to Nelson Mandela. Please, I don't want anyone to think that. Um, because it's the closest I've ever had to a a hero, you know, in real life is that man. But I just mean in, in terms of the principle. I mean, look at all these people. When Gandhi came as a young student to South Africa and led the defiance campaign, um, of resistance, of passive resistance against the apartheid government you know did he change apartheid in that moment no but the work that he did the foundation that he laid you know was part of what gave Mandela the the space and the ability to to operate I mean somebody said to me once you know i was trying to help someone and they said you know laura you can't you can't save everybody and you can't help everybody and i you know it really bothered me because sometimes i get a little overwhelmed you know and feel like i'm not achieving anything cuz i'm trying to do so many things at once and and i thought about this what this person said over and over again and then i, I realized why it was bothering me so much because if you don't try to save everyone how do you know that you're going to end up saving anyone you have to try. You might not be able to, but you have to try, right?
2: Well, right, and that's a ridiculous thing to compare yourself with achieving everything. Save one person. What will that mean to that one person? It's, you know, time-honored wisdom, but it's it's worth repeating. Laura Logan, 60 Minutes correspondent is on the line. You know, we're really supposed to take a break. Um,
0: Don't take a break. I got to tell you a story. Okay, we want to hear the story. <laughs> Go All on. right. Okay, so I know this French Catholic priest, Father Patrick Dubois, who spent more than 15 years documenting Hitler's mobile death squads in Eastern Europe, something we didn't know anything about because the Soviets had kept all that, you know, under wraps, and he revealed... That's more than half of the Jews who died in the Second World War weren't killed in secret in concentration camps behind closed walls where no one knew what was happening. They were murdered by mobile death squads and shot to death in public in villages across Eastern Europe. Why does does this matter? Father Debois said to me, I never look to governments to change anything. He said, who are the names we remember from the Second World War who saved Jewish people and Jewish families? He said they're individuals. We don't have the name of governments who did this. We have the name of people who smuggled them out and risked their lives and did everything. He said, and that's who I still look to today. It's not governments who are saving the Yazidis from ISIS. And by the way, still many Yazidi women and children in the hands of ISIS, even though the so-called caliphate doesn't exist anymore. Uh, Right? So it is up to people. It is up to individuals to do what you can, if you can.
4: That is fantastic. Wow.
2: Yeah. Boy, listen to that over and over again, my friends, and, and uh, employ it however you see fit in your lives. You are amazing. Yeah. Uh, Laura Logan of 60 Minutes, I wish we could talk to you all day, but maybe we can uh, steal a little more of your time uh, before too long.
0: Anytime. And so, you know, any work on the TV show, you need some help with that? Mm.
2: Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> there's, there's Emmy buzz. You,
4: we'll get you, you involved. You,
2: why, yeah, I ought <laughs> to... <laughs> Laura Logan, hey, it's great to talk. Thanks a million.
4: Okay, thank All right. you. Right, bye bye. <laughs> awesome.
2: Oh my God, she
4: she, I already uh, have been a fan of her for hers for years, right? She's she honestly is one of the best foreign correspondents in the world, right? But that stuff about. You know her view of humanity and and how she stays sane and, and and is she doing any good in the world? Just fantastic.
2: Well, she's made us some special stuff. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. maybe maybe we can stir up some of that within ourselves, but I think she's a, a special individual.
4: Yeah, not yeah. I'm not sure sh- we can all try, but I'm not sure everyone could just decide to take on that attitude and have it work. But, having you know, seen what she's seen and, and and gone through what she's gone through, to kind of dovetail off some of our conversation
2: if i can be five percent more like that right right i think it's a good thing
5: yeah, that's
4: incredible wow we uh we still don't know uh what she's talking about with the tv show we're not, not a, she's g-
2: she's making fun of our videos
4: is that it yes
2: She's mocking our videos that we posted armstrong and Getty why, Radio she, dot com. why is she watching our videos She's a, she's a serious effing journalist, was how
4: she put it, I believe, to Hanson. She researches what shows she's going on. Mm. Um, and she still came on after watching our videos. So, poor judgment? <laughs> <laughs> Among other things. Um, so some of the stuff Trump said about the NRA, the mental health stuff he said yesterday, boy, we got to discuss that. How's that going to work? Not mm. exactly sure. Had some other things you shouldn't do at a job interview from people who've hired... Coming up on The Armstrong and Getty Show.
6: Armstrong and Getty. The
2: conscience of the nation.
6: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: We can do a late night joke off in a couple of minutes on the topic of Trump saying he'd run into the building um mm. Mm. uh he mm. said i think a lot of us would yeah Wait, yeah. you're groaning i don't know. i expect to hate it but i just i'm kind of yeah in- that's why i'm groaning i'm kind of interested in uh, wondering how the uh, late night comics took that on anyway a few it, te- it sounds
2: like the best possible outcome is annoyance <laughs> uh, and and pr- more probably anger and and disgust yes <laughs>
4: Uh, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. A lot of you liked uh, Laura Logan, hearing it for the first time. Many of you liked hearing it again, and many of you hated it because we played it twice. So, ah, well, there you go. gosh dang it. Yeah, we failed to please you. I wish I could please everybody, but so far I've not had that luck. Uh, I was waiting for someone to show up. I was going to interview them. I looked out in the parking lot, and they were putting their teeth in in the parking lot. Apparently driving with teeth was too much for them. Too much?
2: <laughs> Who am I to judge when somebody puts their teeth in? You look out, you're look you waiting, waiting to
4: interview somebody and you see right. them out there putting their teeth in. That would right. strike you as interesting?
2: Well, it's interesting. I don't know that it would affect my judgment of them
5: as an applicant. They got them just like floating in that seltzer glass like on the exactly. dashboard or something.
2: Keeping them clean. And then you stick them in right before the interview. You know, the, the polydent is really going to hold them tight. That's just smart. Um. They've been in there for an hour or two. You don't know. They're starting to get a little loose.
4: Marshall had the story that tourism is dropping off because of the homelessness in San Francisco. I mentioned the last time I was in New York, which I got to admit is a dozen years ago. Um, I didn't see a single homeless person. Jack, uh, unfortunately, New York has regressed to pre-Giuliani pre era homelessness. Ah, right. I think Mary de Blasio handed out uh, cardboard squares and Sharpies. It's a growing problem there now. We're actually just discussing we may be in New York in June for some big radio conference where we're going to try to show up and be important or something.
2: I saw a uh, shouting match between beggars the other day on a street corner. This uh, one Chinese-looking guy had decided this was his corner, but this vagabond-looking, messed-up couple had decided, "No, we want to. We want to beg here." That's, they're that's, shouting at each other. That's awesome. Very exciting. Just awesome. Um I couldn't pick a favorite. I was trying to understand what they were saying to each other, but it wasn't clear to me. In terms of children hey, losing Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm Joe Getty. Can I adjudicate this dispute for you?
4: In terms of children losing hand strength. It says here because they're spending more times uh using their fingers on computers and not using crayons and pencils I don't know. Yes. I don't know if that's I, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. But anyway, Uh, The future environment for children will include cannibalism, which requires hand strength, as you point out all the time. Right. That's where we're headed. (laughs) Apparently, according to this person, it's true. I'm a kindergarten teacher, and because of the swiping, the using computers, the first couple of months of school is about pencil holding, scissor holding, and glue stick operation instead of letters and numbers like it was a few years ago. Wow, Interesting. When our new
2: Chinese government is forcing us to learn to write Mandarin, you're going to get some hand strength, huh? Or this is just too
4: weak
5: to defend ourselves.
4: This might be an awkward transition period where we just move completely away from pencils and pens and
5: sure you fit time for chisel and hammer as you're etching (laughs) messages in stone on tablets. (laughs) The kindergartners of the nineteen forties, Jack, they could beat back the Nazi
2: horde. They're not like today's weak youth.
4: Who will be running drones from a computer terminal? It's just the way it's gonna be. What's coming up your
7: news, Marshall Phillips? Uh, Congress unveiling new gun control plans, a West Coast governor lecturing the president, and plastic surgeons getting more and more concerned about Snapchat dysmorphia. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and getting Snapchat
4: dysmorphia. Indeed. Sounds like something I should be very concerned about. Yeah, are we going
2: to uh, be listening to the wise words of Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington? You are indeed, sir. Well,
4: he best covers junk because he's in for a kicking. All right. From you? From me. All right. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. You want to get uncomfortable and controversial? Got some tweets from uh, some of those kids that were in that school shooting. Uh, you know, yeah. they become part of the political discussion and, and some of their opinions and people's reactions to them. And, oof. Oof. Makes me uncomfortable. Uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips.
7: Well, Republican Senator Jeff Flake and Democrat Senator Dianne Feinstein planning to introduce a bipartisan bill today that would raise the age for the purchase of assault weapons. Another bill would introduce
2: assault weapon, by which we mean assault rifle, I guess,
4: or something. Nobody knows.
2: Yeah, they're
7: they're phrasing it assault weapons. But yeah, assault
4: rifles is more correct. However you phrase it, you'd have to draw a bunch of guidelines to figure out what counts and what doesn't. And that would be, man, that'd be be complicated.
7: Exactly. Got another bill they're going to reintroduce. This is a no-fly, no-buy measure that would restrict people on the terrorist watch list. From
2: purchasing weapons. That's ridiculous. It'll never pass muster. You can't deny somebody their constitutional right based on a list, the standards for which are incredibly low. There's no due process to end up on the terrorist watch list. There are hundreds of people who don't deserve to be on that list. I get the intent. And I respect the intent, but you can't deny somebody a constitutional right based on a vague suspicion that they talked to a swarthy guy once.
4: Is this um, Would this one have stopped any of the shootings in recent memory? Was that kid or the, the Vegas guy or any of them? Were any of them on the, the, vague, the,
7: the, the to, terrorist yeah, not watch list?
2: Not to know no no buy. Was uh, uh, Orlando nightclub shooter yep. jihadi idiot on a terrorist watch list? I don't know. He was known to the FBI. Yep. He'd been known to be, uh, you know, doing some nasty stuff online. Did that get him on the list? I do not know that. Can you uh, to figure that out? Was Omar Mateen on the
4: terrorist watch list? I'm pretty sure the Vegas gunman wasn't. I don't think this, no. this uh kid, No, the Vegas guy wasn't was. on any list for anything. No. So, um, you know, then I always have a... I always wonder about when we're passing new laws that wouldn't have affected the most recent or any of the shootings. Right. Then are you not just trying to take advantage of a situation? I mean, if it wouldn't affect what we're all worked up about. You uh, know, if it's a good idea, yeah, it's a it's good, good idea. Sure, in a vacuum, it's a good idea. If it's but a good if idea. it's pretty questionable that it's a good
5: idea and it wouldn't have prevented any of the shootings, what the hell are we doing? Oh, Omar Mateen was placed on the terror watch list uh, in 2013. Okay, so there it could have stopped him. Yeah. Okay.
7: Anyway, the uh, measure is already running into opposition in Congress. Louisiana Republican John Kennedy putting it this way. My personal belief is that we don't need more gun control.
6: We need more idiot control.
7: President Trump defending his proposal to let some qualified teachers carry guns to schools. He was talking with governors at the White House yesterday when Trump got an earful from Washington State Democratic Governor Jay Inslee. So I just suggest we need a little... Less tweeting here, a little more listening. Trump didn't respond to that remark. He continued. He didn't to... take
4: the bait. Good for him, because that was obviously baiting him. Do you have what Inslee said about first grade teachers? I don't
2: have. That. I assume that's what we were going to play. God dang it! I should ask.
4: And I haven't w- heard that actually. The tweet thing's getting a lot of attention because yeah. obviously it was a popular attack on the president. I've got right.
5: the. Uh, I've got the full exchange here. It's about a little more than a minute. I haven't clipped it. Yeah, down. go ahead.
6: Okay. Mm-hmm. Not your teachers. Not your teachers. Arming a small portion that are very gun-adept. pause this? That or? truly yeah. know how to handle. Because yeah, let me, our,
2: so the, the grandstanding Inslee, and that's all he was doing, leads off with, yeah, I've heard about your proposal to arm the teachers, implying that it was all the teachers, which nobody has ever suggested ever. Go on.
6: That gun-free zones, you have a gun-free zone, it's like an invitation for these very sick people to go there. I do think that there has to be some form of major retaliation if they're able to enter a school. And if that happens, you're not going to have any problems anymore, because they're never going to the school. You're never going to have a problem. So it would just be a very small group of people that are very gun adept. Anyway, go ahead, Governor. If
7: I may respond to that, let me just suggest whatever percentage it is. I heard at one time you might have suggested 20%. Whatever percentage it is, speaking as a grandfather, speaking as a governor of the state of Washington, I have listened to the people who would be affected by that. I have listened to the biology teachers, and they don't want to do that at any percentage. I have listened to the first-grade teachers that don't want to be pistol-packing first-grade teachers. I have listened to law enforcement who have said they don't want to have to train teachers as law enforcement agencies. which takes
2: about six months. Go ahead. Stop it. First of all, the first-grade teachers who don't want to be, quote-unquote, pistol-packing teachers, nobody would ever ask them to be. It's only people who are willing to take on that responsibility and do all the training. What are you talking Who is proposing forcing first grade teachers to carry guns? I heard Trump N- was. No, yeah, okay. All right. Great. <laughs> on the other hand, on the other hand, the president during that greater exchange, the listening session, stated that if the shooters knew... That maybe there was a gun on campus, that a teacher or an administrator or a right. volunteer was armed, and they'd get shot, that they would never even come on
4: campus. If they knew they were going to die, right. they wouldn't show up. Thank
2: you. That's Duh. exactly the, No, the vast majority of them plan to die. Right, that's the... They hope to die. They
4: shoot themselves. Right. Almost all of them. So, no, that's not the case at all. Yeah, that, the deterrent of they're going to die if they do it is, dead. that doesn't work.
2: No, all we're trying to do is kill them Listen, this is this is for the cops in the audience who can handle this. If this is a good idea, and if it worked, and it might not, certainly, we're hoping
4: to kill the shooter before he kills too many people. I do think there's a chance that psychologically, the fact that you're not going to have a big success might stop people from doing it. I don't know. Right, but you know, if if you get gunned down before you get a chance to shoot anybody, or you kill a couple of people and you're not in the news and you don't get all the attention, is that what was driving the whole thing? You know, I I don't know, but I have a a hunch that that might be true.
2: Great email from a teacher who is a vet uh, that we'll share with you in a couple of minutes.
7: Snapchat and Face app filters are pushing more and more people to want plastic surgery. Members Ah. of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons say more and more teens and young adults are asking to look more like their highly altered selfies. Most of the doctors turning them away, explaining that filters make faces look less human with giant eyes and lips and tiny noses. They add that using filtered selfies as a guide of what's considered to be beautiful can lead to body image issues or what they're calling Snapchat dysmorphia
4: well with everybody altering their photos you know to make them look like an anime if you spend time online you can start to think that you know there's something wrong with you by being normal looking i always say to anybody who has that problem freaking go to walmart that's where most of america (laughs) is look around there judge how good looking you are by all the people at your local walmart (laughs) not against all the people on the internet one last note. Get ready. Or the DMV, for instance. Or, Look around, see. Okay. Oh, it's too much. Too I'm gonna far. Make, I'm going to make her a ten. Uh, where? Do, and he's a one. So where do I fit in the, the here
2: at the DMV? And you walk out with your misshapen head
3: held high.
7: <laughs> get ready for a fresh Prince of Bel Air TV reboot. Oh, good. And according to T- TMZ, he is a she. The company that owns the rights to Fresh Prince filed a few trademark applications. Seeking to lock down rights to Fresh Princess for a TV program and virtually every other media platform.
5: Sean, you're hanging your head. Is there a reason? I want to <laughs> slam my head into this microphone until I go unconscious. <laughs> you, make could, sure. you could just make a story about that's very similar in, in tone and context and storytelling ability with that and not have it attached to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Right. Right. You can make this her own story, her own journey. I want something that I've already seen before. Remember, remember that show from the early night? Remember? remember? Oh, that was a good show. They have
2: made a new one just like it, but they okay, got a girl now. Make yeah. hey, sure you tape
3: this, Jack.
4: I remember when nostalgia wasn't <laughs> yeah. so stupid. Those were good times.
2: Uh, Biatch better have my money. Who is that? Rihanna. Rihanna? Is yes. Rihanna going to star in this? Is that the
7: plan? <laughs> There you go. That's wrapped. wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The conscience
4: of the nation. Damn straight. There's the eagle there. So Joe's, good got, job, a good, squawky. Joe's got a good email. We got to play Trump. What he had to say about mental health and guns, which is really interesting. And, and I don't know how you're going to put it into law. Yeah. A uh, couple of the kids that were there in the high school, and they're speaking out. And now they're getting a lot of pushback, and it's getting weird and uncomfortable. But, so, yeah. Yeah. you know you're going to be part of policy making there's going to be pushback no doubt oh boy our text line is 415295 kftc you're listening to the armstrong and getty show So, Trump yesterday with the governors, he talked about a lot of stuff and his uh, own unique style. I thought this chunk was pretty interesting.
6: I had lunch with Wayne LaPierre, Chris Cox, and David Lehman of the NRA. And I want to tell you, they want to do something. And I said, fellas, we got to do something. It's too long now. We got to do something. And we're going to do very strong background checks. Very strong. We've got to do background checks. If we see a sicko, I don't want him having a gun. And, you know, I know there was a time when anybody could have. I mean, even if they were sick, they were fighting. And I said, fellas, we can't do it anymore. And there's no bigger fan of the Second Amendment than me. And there's no bigger fan of the NRA. And these guys are great patriots. They're great people. And they want to do something. They're going to do something. Mm. When we see somebody is sick like this guy, when the police went to see him, they didn't do a good job, but they have restrictions on what they can do. We've got to give them immediate access to taking those guns away so that they don't just leave and he sit there with seven different weapons. Got to give them immediate access. Don't worry, you're not going to get any. You won't. Don't worry about the NRA. They're on our side. You guys, half of you are so afraid of the NRA. There's nothing to be afraid of. And you know what? If they're not with you, we have to fight them every once in a while. That's okay. How about that?
2: Yeah. You, you, don't, you don't hear other presidents talk that way. Oh, so regular guy-ish. Yeah. You know, they're with us. If they're not, we've got to fight them. But, you know, I think they're with us.
4: And that was interesting. A couple of claps, and they're all looking around thinking, am I going to get killed by the NRA? He said, look, yeah, you're also afraid of the NRA. Yeah. They're fine. They'll be fine. They're with us. And if they're not, eh, we'll have to fight them a little bit, which is, you know. Other politicians wouldn't say that. That's stuff about the mental health. We all agree, but the actual doing that? Oof, trying to codify it, or the cops have to have immediate access to take away
2: your guns. If you're a sicko. Mm, we need to uh, comb through that verbiage a little bit and right. maybe come up with some specifics. You know, you're found to be a sicko, Joe. I need your guns.
4: Your, uh, your ex-wife says you have an anger problem and you're dangerous. Yeah, your ex-wife probably does say that. Yeah, uh, Enough that we get to take your, cons- your constitutional right because that's her opinion. Mm. Uh, don't know. Trump has named his campaign
2: manager for his 2020 re-election. Yes. Breaking news, breaking news. Paul Manafort. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's correct. Alex yeah. Baldwick. No, it's his. Uh, it's his former digital advisor, Brad Parscale.
5: Okay. Oh, that was the guy who nah, was matter. at the helm nah, of the, the Facebook. That nah, doesn't matter. Remember that 60 minute story about? The, he, I oh,
4: yeah. That's that guy. Yeah. Nobody cares. Oh about that. well, Dad. That, now he's brilliant. He's brilliant. He was sharp. Yeah. yeah. We do. I would actually like to talk about it, but um. So uh,
2: we'll call him Anonymous the teacher. Oh, it's Scott. He says we can go ahead and use it. Sure, you get a lot of emails about this. I'm both a military veteran and a high school teacher who also happens to have a concealed carry uh, permit. Laws prohibit me from carrying at school. Here's my take on arming teachers after 17 years in the classroom. Number one, most of my colleagues are nuts. I would not trust them with a staple gun, let alone a firearm. So it has to be voluntary and include a screening process, just like regular CCW, which (laughs) is, of course, I've advocated in strong, strong fashion. Nobody's
4: proposing any otherwise. We've had a number of teachers uh, contact us and say, I look around my school. I don't want these people having guns. I don't
2: (laughs) want them to have a stick.
4: That's interesting.
2: Uh, Number two, I'm not going to pursue a shooter. Instead, I am the last line of defense for my classroom of 34 kids. I'd rather not have to use my body as a shield or throw chairs. I have a family, too, you know.
4: Yeah, that's that's. I thought about that, too, the other day, that whole, oh, well, when Trump said that, you know, I think we all think we'd run in. Um, It'd be pretty hard not to, but then I think, you know, I got two kids I need to protect. Right. Well, not only that, but the idea of I'm going to defend my space
2: is a a very, very basic human right. The idea of a gun-free school is uh, ridiculous because only law-abiding people follow that. But
4: Now, cops, in theory, sign up to do that sort of thing. Right, right. I don't need extra pay. I'm doing this
2: for my own safety as much as the kids in the class. I don't want to be a hero. I just don't want to be a victim. Some free-range time would be a bonus, though. Oh, you'd get it. California's stance on armed teachers makes no sense at all. If I could save 34 kids, is that not worth it? I've seen armed guards at all types of establishments, and the requirements to be an armed guard are not that extensive. And to counter the argument that the kids will take guns away from the teachers, we don't see this happen to armed security anywhere else. CCW means concealed. And lastly, what the hell is going on in the schools that this is an actual concern? Are students routinely mugging teachers? Well, they do attack them fairly routinely in certain schools. Uh, Oh, my God, which brings me to the grotesque failings of Sheriff Israel, in Florida, and the tie into the Obama administration and their policies and how that led to the shooting, a story that really, really ought to be told. I want to get home at the end of the day. I have no delusions of chasing down a shooter through the halls of the school and trading fire like in the movies. I'll barricade my door, huddle behind cover, and wait for help. But at least if the bad guy gets there first, I'll have a chance.
4: Yeah, we wouldn't... Uh, I don't think it'd be a good idea to make it mandatory that... Um you know, the teachers do well, I suppose, anything. Uh, it's no. not the same as uh, Course not. signing up to be a policeman to serve and protect and, you know, risk your life to save others and, and have training to do that. Um, you know, that one policeman, that sheriff's officer that showed up, uh, apparently felt like his job was to stay safe, but yeah. know, we'll find yeah. out what's going on there.
2: Well, the trust me, when I talk about the tie-in between Obama administration policies and this utterly useless, awful sheriff and what happened. It's pretty compelling. Uh, And again, listen, if there are additional things that can be done and should be done, let's do them. But there were such catastrophic systemic failures on so many different layers. God, let's fill in the holes in the Swiss
4: cheese before we begin adding more layers of Swiss cheese. I was taking in news over the weekend and getting discouraged because I heard uh, on on two of the big topics out there, DACA and the guns thing, I heard a Couple of times where people mentioned automatic guns on like roundtable discussions, discussions with a number of people there, mm-hmm. and nobody jumped in and said no, they, nobody was using automatic guns. Nobody was using automatic weapons here, right? And and pe- people say that regularly, and nobody stopped them, which just seems weird to me. And people doing the whole illegal versus legal immigrant thing, and and nobody clarifying that, right? Is that an accident? Immigrants. What about our immigrants? Is that an accident or is that completely on purpose? Oh. When you got five smart people sitting around discussing a topic and and you're, you're you know going back and forth between guns that anybody can buy and some and guns that practically nobody can buy, or people that are legal or illegal? Well, right. And it's just the, my objection
2: to the whole we need to ban assault weapons thing is that discussion is a waste of time because we always get back to the same place. Okay, what do you mean by assault weapon? We need to define what you want to ban. People are firmly in favor of banning this phantom they call assault weapons. But we need to figure out what you mean. Otherwise, we're just going round and round.
4: Um, so some of the kids who are at this school are uh, tweeting and making comments. And there's a lot of pushback. And, man, that's an interesting cultural thing to follow. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it any time. Or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands.
2: Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.